Hello, and welcome to the Life Organized with Lisa podcast. I'm Lisa Seely, and organizing is my superpower. I'm a busy mom who has figured out how to do all the things and keep important things from falling through the cracks. And I'm here to give you tips, tricks, and practical advice about how to organize your entire life. You can find my website at www.lisaseely.com. That's L I. S-A-S-E-A-L-E-Y dot com. Today, I'm going to talk about organizing for authors, and I'm thrilled to have a very special guest, USA Today bestselling author, Kat Mazera. Kat has written over 50 books, and she has several series for your reading pleasure, beginning with the Las Vegas Sidewinders. She has also written the Alaska Blizzard series, the Romancing Europe series, the Royal Protectors series, the Inferno series, the Nowhere series, and the Rock Hard series. She calls her books sexy romantic fiction that she hopes makes you as happy as it makes her. I'm going to pick her brain about how she handles organizing her stories and characters and everything else an author needs to keep track of to be successful. Welcome and thanks for being here on my podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, you're very welcome. Um, okay, so you know I'm all about organizing, and everyone organizes differently. What I mean by that is something that makes sense to me might not make sense to you when it comes to organizing. While there are general things that anyone can do to be more organized, how do you as an author keep track of all of your series and the characters in the series? Well, most authors who write series have something called a series Bible. How said Bible is set up, what technology you use to set it up varies greatly, like you said. Um, For me personally, I use something called OneNote. Um, I believe it comes with most Microsoft packages. It's not perfect because within OneNote, so I can create a file, say for my Las Vegas Sidewinder series. And then within the file, I will have tabs. One will be characters. In my case, because it was a long series with lots of couples, lots of side characters, and lots of babies, I have a second tab with ages where I've, where even though I don't really use dates within the books, in order to keep track, so I don't, so I don't lose where I am in the series, I give everyone a date of birth. So even though I'm never going to say in a book that Anatoly was born on February 1st, 1978, I have said date so that, you know, and I know, for example, that the series started in 2012. That way, you know, he was X years old in September of 2012. And then when I've gotten four seasons in and I'm into 2016, I know that he's four years older. And that is especially more important with pregnancies, for example. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, in September of 2017, Susan gets pregnant, I keep track by saying, even though obviously you don't, you know, you don't know the exact date of conception in real life, most of the time, in my books, I do. That way, okay. I can go to a pregnancy due date calculator and say, okay, she got pregnant on September 14th. When is she due? That way, 
in my books, I know exactly when everything happened so that, you know, she doesn't say she's pregnant in October and then at four seasons later, she still hasn't had the baby. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> All right. That makes sense. That's really interesting. Um, do you ever get confused as to which characters belong in which series, especially because you have some crossover? Um, which characters belong in which series um i i'm pretty good with my heroes and heroines and how they all fit together um i do get confused with what happened in which series like okay. did they win the stanley did the sidewinders win the stanley cup or did the blizzard or <laughs> you know was the snit was the the scene where the snowstorm had the bus stalled out on the side of the road which which series did that happen in like those types of things but I try to keep them in my series Bible. So I have it one tab with an ongoing series of events. And even though, again, I don't use the dates in the books, I use the dates for me. So in September of 2017, the bus stalled out on the side of the road. And I just make a mark that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean anything except that it's for reference, right? Same thing with pregnancy due dates. Gotcha. And so I have a, I have a table and it'll say the date and then it'll say what happened on said date or, and, or who was involved that way I can, I can go back and I can search for, you know, bus and then it'll come up bus on bus stranded on side of the road. And I'll see that it happened in whatever date. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's neat. Um, do you plan out your releases way in advance or do you just decide, Oh, I'm going to release this next month. Do you want the COVID answer or the pre-COVID <laughs> answer? <laughs> oh, either one or both. <laughs> so before COVID, yes. In my personal experience, long pre-orders work well. So in order to have it on pre-order, I have to know what I'm doing. So I will set books up on pre-order. Um, right now I have a book up that's releasing in January of 2022 because okay. I know that that's when I have it scheduled. Um, However, with the onset of the pandemic, a lot of things went wonky, including my muse and my creativity and everything else. Um, there's only been one occasion ever in the five plus years that I've been writing well, publishing professionally um, that I had that I missed a deadline and I had to push a book back. Um, so right now I'm trying really hard not to be too overzealous in release dates but normally yes I will sit down with my marketing team my publicist my PA which is a personal assistant mm -hmm. and we will go through usually around the fall late summer early fall we'll start talking about the following year so I will know approximately what I'm doing but I don't always just because of how crazy the world has been right now I'm not necessarily putting everything up okay um so how do you decide which book of which series will be the next to be released? I mean, um, some of it is truly random. Some of it is just me going, oh, I want to write this book. I have the story in my head. I want to make sure that, that one comes out in the next six months before I lose my passion for it. Other times it's about money. I have certain series that make a lot more money than others. It's just the nature of the beast. And I try to feed 
that series because I know that that's where my, my money is. And then every once in a while, my muse starts, starts knocking on the side of my brain, demanding she be heard. And then I have to rearrange things because there's a book that I absolutely have to write. Okay. So I'm going to stick it in my schedule, whether it belongs there or not. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Um, how do you choose your cover art? I mean, do you pick the photos out yourself or does someone else do it and you just say yes or no? Uh, no, I pick the cover. I pick the, well, for the most part, I, I pick the cover, pick photographs. The photographs, and yeah. I, and then I send it to my cover designer and she creates a cover. And at that point I say yay or nay on what she has created. But the cover, the photo itself um, there are a few exceptions, like I have a boxed set coming out in June. Uh, I've been with my cover designer since day one, so and she designs all of my covers. So I said to her, hey, we're doing a box set of the Alaska Blizzard series. Go ahead and give me an, um, an outdoor Alaska background, which is what we do with all the other with all the books in the series, mm -hmm. and then go ahead and just pick a hot guy to put on the cover I okay because that's what sells and she you know this is what she does for a living so she knows what sells so I'm not going to spend three or four hours sometimes longer sometimes it's weeks days looking for the right photo for something like that because these are books that have already been released and I'm boxing them in a set and I'm going to throw it out at a discounted price to hopefully reel in new readers and once they're hooked with those three books then the idea is that they're going to go and buy all the rest of the books in the series. Right. Okay. And so you mentioned that it can take some time to pick the right photograph for a new cover. Um, oh, it's, you know, people think, people think, oh my God, you get to sit around and look at pictures of half naked men all day when you're, you know, when you're searching for a photo, it's not like that. You can, after you've looked at like 10,000 photos, you don't even see them anymore. All you, all you want is to find the one that's right for your vision for this book. And, and even if it's not a hot, hot guy, even if it's a sexy couple, I'm looking for something right now and it has to depict the right emotion because there's some serious angst that happens in this book that's pl being planned for either late this year or early next year. And I can't find the right photo. And it's, it's been taking time. So um, a photographer that I work with quite often uh, has said that he is shooting somebody brand new and he's going to give me first dibs at those shots so that in case they're what we need because I can't find what I need. Oh, nice. That's yeah. cool. Um, okay. So you mentioned that you have a marketing team, a publicist and a personal assistant. Um how do you keep track of your marketing duties in advance? Do you have a special calendar or program or do you just use Google Calendar? My assistant and I sync our calendar together so she can go in and add things to my calendar as can I, and then we both can see it. So it's just she and I, I don't want too many people having their fingers on the calendar because that could get super confusing. Right. Um, but yeah, so I will tell her, oh, you know, I have a release party on January 17th. Would you please go and put it in the calendar? And she will. Or, you know, she marks down all the release dates. 
if I tell her to add something, she goes in and does it so that it's always there. Um, what else does she do for you? I mean, you know, uh, I know a lot of authors starting out don't really need an assistant right at the very beginning, but I know since you've been doing it for five years and I know that you have had assistants for quite a while, um, <laughs> what other duties do assistants do for someone who may not have one yet? Wow, she does a lot for me. Um, she, aside from handling my calendar, she also, so in the book world, we do a lot of Facebook parties. We call, we call them takeovers and where you go into somebody's group where ostensibly there are a lot of readers and you take over for a certain amount of time and you talk about your books, you talk about um, what's coming, um, if you have a new release, stuff like that. And then giveaways are expected. So I will do giveaways and then my assistant will go in and she will choose the winners. She will keep track of the winners, contact them, you know, let them know that they won, find out their either their mailing address or their email address or whatever the situation may be. She does that. She handles, um, she handles one portion of my ARC team and ARC is an advanced reader copy. So you put out early copies of your book and you give them to bloggers and certain readers in the hopes that they will review your book during release week. That way potential buyers will see that it's already populated with reviews. Um, she keeps track of some of those. My publicist has a separate group and then we have a separate group. It just sort of worked out that way. That's not how everyone does it. She does that. Um, Gosh, she does, oh, she uploads. So when you put out a book yourself, you physically have to take the manuscript, put it in a certain format, and then upload it to the different platforms like Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Apple or whatever. She physically does that for me. After I create the files and format them, I send them to her and she uploads them. She sets up pre-orders, which also has to be done individually through each different platform. Um, Gosh, it's hard to, oh, she also creates and manages my newsletters. I go in and test them and personalize them with my own letter or note, but she sets them up and remind, and then she's constantly reminding me of things I need to do because I forget. <laughs> As a good assistant also, does. <laughs> um, and she also, she's sort of like, um, I do my best to keep my series Bible updated but inevitably stuff will fall through the cracks. So I will message her and be like, hey, in Winning Whitney, I know that Nate came to visit for the holidays, but I forget, I don't know, I forget where they went to dinner. Did I mention the name of the restaurant where they went to dinner? So she will go in and skim through the whole book searching for whether or not I mentioned it because you know, it's something I need for another book. Okay. So she does stuff like that for me, which sounds kind of ridiculous and tedious, but when you're up to 50 books and you have couples and adventures and side characters, and then you forget something, it needs to be done. Otherwise there's a lack of consistency. Sure. Sure. Um, so I, you have written stories in other authors' worlds, for those who don't know what that means, can you give a basic explanation? 
Sure. So authors who have done really, really well and have very popular series will occasionally open them up to other authors. So I can go in and write, for example, Susan Stoker writes a fantastic group of military series. And I can go into her world and write in her special forces world, my own book, bringing in some of her heroes as side characters, which really makes her readers happy. And then it exposes both of us to our readers because my readers want to read whatever I write. So they're gonna go in and then when they read this book, they're gonna, they're gonna read about one of Susan's characters and be like, oh, wow, maybe I need to read that book and they're gonna go read hers. And in her case, her readers are gonna read my book and because they want to see more of her characters and then potentially fall in love with my characters and then go and read more of my books. And how do you find these opportunities with other authors' worlds? You know, it's really about networking, um, building, you know, building your tribe. That's what we call it. We all build our tribes in the book world. And we try really hard to surround ourselves with like-minded business people, people that, you know, share the same goals and views. And, you know, we talk. Now there are there are occasions, for example, um, two really great authors named um, Vi Keeland and Penelope Ward write the Cocky Heroes series, and they put out a form, an interest form. Hey, we are opening up our world, and we are looking for people to write in it. If interested, please fill it out. And they populated all of Facebook with it, and we saw it. I saw it. So sometimes it's a matter of your networking. Other times it's just luck. I was scrolling and I saw it and I applied and I was accepted. And now I have a book called Cocky Protector that's in their world. And it's also um, ties to one of my series, The Royal Protectors. Cool. Um, and so since it's in their world, do they... Um, tell you what the deadlines are for getting it, you know, submitted and uploaded and all of that, or do you just do it on your own timeline? Usually when you write it in someone else's world, there are definitely deadlines and parameters. Usually there's a minimum word count. Sometimes they handle the editing. Most of the time you have to do it. Sometimes they do um, covers. Other times you have to do them. Uh, I just released yesterday, as a matter of fact, a book called Overtime in Serena Bowen's World of True North. And in that particular series, she and her team handled the covers, which was really nice. So it, it was that much less work for me to do. Although I still did have to do some searching for the photo because obviously the hero in the story has to fit my vision. So you know, if I write about a tall, dark-haired guy with a beard and she puts a clean-shaven blonde on the cover, that's not going to work, right? right. So, so there's still some collaboration that happens there. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun when you when you collaborate with other authors. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, and so do you track your book sales or do you just wait to get statements from the different um, platforms or 
how do you know how much you've sold and how much money you've made? I personally keep a spreadsheet. Um, I like being able to go into the individual platforms. Like I can go on to um, Amazon and go into my dashboard and see a real-time report. I mean, there's always lags here and there, but in general, I can see in real time within a few hours of what I'm selling every day on Amazon. Um, some of the platforms have a delay. Apple has a 24 hour delay. So I won't know what I sold today until tomorrow sometime. Um, but I try to keep up with the sales myself because that gives me real time data. Am I running an ad? Did I just send out a newsletter? Um, you know, did I just post something in my reader group on Facebook that made sales jump? Like this is, this is how I keep track of what's working and what isn't working. Oh, cool. Um, okay. So I've covered a bunch of things that I could think of, but I know since I am not an author and I am not self-published that there are a bunch of other things I'm sure that you need to keep track of and keep organized. Um, what are some of those things? You know, sometimes there's so many, it's really hard to keep up. Even with, I have my, um, my publicist, I have my assistant, and then I have people that aren't on my day-to-day -day team, but I have cover designers, I have multiple editors, I have what's called a beta te reading team where seven women get all my books before anyone else and they get to go through them and see if there's any issues and things like that. So there's so many people and so many moving pieces. Like for example, one thing that I do that a lot of authors do is we do cross promotion. So I will contact say another hockey romance author, say someone like Jamie Davenport. And I will say, hey, I have a, um, I have a new hockey romance book coming out on June 15th, do you have any space in your newsletter around that time to advertise it? And then she'll say yes or no, but she's my friend. So usually she'll say yes. And then um, she will turn around and say, okay, cool. And I have a book coming out August 17th. So will you be able to fit it in your newsletter? Right? So I have to find, I have to keep track. Normally this is on Lindsay, my assistant. Um, I will tell her, okay, make sure we keep track in August, we have to reciprocate um, and put Jamie's book in our newsletter that we send out. I don't always have, I don't have a, a detailed schedule for my newsletters. I try to send them out twice a month, but there's, I always send one out on release day. I often send them out a few days later, like a, Hey, did you did you get a chance to read this new book that just came out? Little reminder type thing. Um, but usually it's twice a month. So we have to keep track of that. Um, I go to conferences sometimes and I have to keep a travel schedule. There's really a lot. You know, it's hard, <laughs> yeah. it's hard to pull it, to put it and make a list because there's so many different things that are going on. Yeah, I can only imagine. Um, but wow. Yeah, you do a lot and you've been very prolific in your five years. Um, goodness with all of your series and, um, you know, I'm a fan. I've always been a fan. And I appreciate um, it. 
<laughs> but um, okay, so I think that's all the questions I have for today. Um, thank you so much for being here with me. And audience, please do yourself a favor and go check out Kat's books. She can be found on all platforms. Her name is Kat Mizera. That's K-A-T-M-I-Z-E-R-A. And her website is www.katmazera.com. Thanks, Kat. Thank you. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Until next time.